The accounts you'll hear on Parsha Stories are original adaptations of the weekly Parsha. Enjoy! Come read a book with a lot of rules. The Mishkan had a lot of tools. Sacrifice the Azazel. Eat only fish with fins and scales. Love your neighbor, Kamocha. Find out why in va ye. This week's Parsha is Shmini. Now, because of the way that the Pesach Passover holiday fell out this year, we are going to be sharing this recording on Cholomoid Pesach. And so there will be many more opportunities for Torah readings during the final days of Pesach between now and Shabbat. But I am going to share the story of this week's Parsha, Parsha Shmini, because this is my only chance. And so to all of you who are listening to this when it comes out and it's Chomoed Pesach, I say, Moadim Lesimcha, Chagim Uzmanim Lesason. And to give us an idea about Parsha Shmini, we need to remember what the first two Parshiot of Sefer Vayikra have been about. Moshe has shared with Aaron all of the details, all of the strict laws, all of the strict rules about how the Kohanim are meant to make sacrifices in the Mishkan. It has to be this exact animal for this exact occasion, with this exact knife, with this exact number of blood sprinkles all throughout. And I imagine that the Kohanim needed some time to practice. And so they say, all right, well, can we have some time to practice before we actually have to start making these sacrifices? And Moshe says, yes, you can have a week. The Mishkan has just been built. You have one week to get yourselves in order, to practice making the sacrifices, to make sure that you have a clear understanding of what is appropriate and what is not appropriate of sacrifices to bring, the korbanot to bring. And on the eighth day, after you've had a week to practice, we're going to have a big ceremony to finally consecrate, to establish the Mishkan with a first ever sacrifice. And so for a week, Aaron and his sons, Nadav, Avihu, Elazar, and Itamar, they are constantly practicing. Okay, what, what did the Torah say here? Okay, we got to make sure that we use this kind of animal. All right, let me just try this real quick and slaughter. Okay, take a little bit of the blood there. Sprinkle. Wait, hold on. Do I... Okay, no, I'm going to take it the blood here, and I'm going to sprinkle, sprinkle over there. Wait, let me just check. And it's on and on and on, practicing uh, as they're getting ready. All right, let, now, all right, Itamar, now you try. Nadav, you try. Avihu, you try. Elazar, you try. And they're just practicing over and over again until finally the day comes. Beyom HaShmini, on the eighth day, which is why this Parsha is called Shmini. It is finally time to consecrate the Mishkan, and the Kohanim to get started on making their Korbanot. And so they gather all of B'nai Israel together in the courtyard of the Mishkan, the big Chatzer, where many, many people can gather together. And they have the Mizbeach, they have this ramp that goes up 
to an altar where they're going to make their korbanot. And I imagine as they're walking in, everybody's cheering, yay, the Kohanim, such a big, exciting moment. We've been working so hard on this Mishkan. It's taken us a year to build it. And now the time has finally come to use the Mishkan for what we built it for, which is to make korbanot, make sacrifices. Kohanim, Kohanim. Kohanim. And the Kohanim are feeling so good. Yes, 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 we're here, we're here, we're ready to make our korbanot, bring our sacrifices to God, and get this party started. And so, they go up the ramp with everyone watching in anticipation. Aaron stands up there as the Kohen Gadol, and he says, bring me the korban, bring me the sacrifice. And they bring him the sacrifice. Now, Bring me the knife. They bring him the knife, just as they've been practicing. He gets ready. He slaughters the sacrifice. He slaughters the korban. He takes the blood. He sprinkles this way. He sprinkles that way, just as God had appointed him to do. And everything is going perfectly. And whoosh! A huge fire comes from the sky and accepts the sacrifice on behalf of our own and in front of everyone, and it is a successful opening sacrifice. Hooray! 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 He did it! He did it! Our own! Our own! Kohanim! 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 And it's all a very exciting moment. And now this next part, though, is a little bit un clear about what happened, but here's what I imagined. At some point in all of the excitement of Aaron's opening successful korban that he had brought, two of his sons, Nadav and Avihu, are caught up in the excitement and they go to make a sacrifice on their own. Now, we don't know exactly what they did wrong. We don't know exactly what happened, but all we know is that they go to make their own sacrifice and they do something wrong and Aaron says, no, wait, that's not exactly what you're supposed to do. There's something wrong. And then a fire comes from the sky, goes down and consumes Nadav and Avihu. And that is how their lives end. And all of the cheering stops and there's silence. And Aaron is just sitting there, staring at the place where two of his sons, Nadav and Abihu, have been consumed by a fire from the heavens, killed by God. And Aaron says, well, he doesn't say anything. The pain, the sadness, the shock, the horror of what just happened causes Aaron to say nothing. And Moshe says to Aaron, Hey, Aaron, you gotta say something. The people are waiting for you to say something. And Aaron says nothing. And Moshe says, Aaron, I know that was terrible. I know this is awful. I don't know exactly what just happened, but everybody is here. Everybody's waiting for you to say something. You have to be a leader here. Say something. And Aaron can't. He's just frozen in shock by the sadness of watching this terrible thing happen to his sons. And so Moshe says, um, 
Uh, okay, everyone. Uh, that was bad. That was very, very bad. Um, so here is what we're going to do. Um, okay, everyone calm down. Everyone, it's okay. Um, so obviously we are going to take a little bit of a breather, figure out what just went wrong there. We're going to give Aaron and his sons a couple of days to uh, mourn the loss of their family, my nephews, Nadav and Abihu. And, you know, it just goes to show how dangerous and risky this work of bringing Korbanot can be. Um, we gotta be really, really careful. We gotta be really, really careful to do things the right way. And, um, sometimes things like this are going to happen. And so, if you're all wondering uh, how can you make sure that you bring Korbanot in a safe way, um, let me tell you this, all right? You have a role to play, everyone, in making sure that our Kohanim are safe and doing the right things. And the role that you're going to play is make sure that you are bringing the proper animals as Korbanot. We will only allow certain kinds of animals to be brought. And for that matter, we will only allow in our communities certain animals to be used and eaten and deriving any benefit from certain animals. So for instance, mammals. Mammals have to have split hooves and chew their cud. Split hooves is obvious. Chew their cud is this kind of gross way that some animals will regurgitate their food and then swallow it again. So that means kosher animals like cow, sheep, goats, giraffes, deer, all of these animals are kosher. But if it just has split hooves and doesn't chew its cud like a pig, or if it chews its cud but doesn't have split hooves like a rabbit, or if it doesn't do either of those, then it is not kosher and cannot be brought as a sacrifice. In terms of other kinds of animals, for fish, fish need to have fins and scales. So if they don't have fins like an eel, or if they don't have scales like a shark, then they're not kosher. But if they have fins and scales like salmon, tuna, cod, all of that is kosher. And as for flying animals, for birds, any bird that is considered a bird of prey and has talons like eagles, hawks, any kind of raptors. These are not kosher birds, but birds like chicken and turkey and duck, all of these are kosher animals, okay? So we'll make sure that everybody has the full list of what you can and can't bring. And like I said, as a reminder, we all have to be very careful. Okay, thank you all for coming to uh, this wonderful ceremony. I, I know that it had a, a sad ending, but um, let's all go home now and uh, we'll get 
right back to making those sacrifices in the Mishkan in just a little while. Okay, uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you for coming. Aaron, come on. We gotta go. But Aaron is still standing there, frozen. Not having said a single word. Just in total shock. And I imagine them bringing Aaron down from the Mizbeach. His other two sons, Elazar and Itamar, also in total shock and dismay. And they just sit there in silence, stunned silence. And now this next part is my total interpretation. But I imagine that the first thing Aaron is going to say is love. After he finally, it's time for him to talk, he sits with his wife, Elisheva. The first word I imagine him saying after the shock and sadness of losing his sons is love. And we're going to find out what Aaron was talking about with love in next week's podcast Parsha. Shabbat Shalom. Maudim Musimcha, Chagim Usmanim Chag Sameach to everyone. And I'll see you when we're back from vacation.